up these balls and hit them with a stick. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that's a billiards reference, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to Oops, All Monsters, the deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me, when he's not maniacally scraping the bugs off of his skin with a straight razor and a cliffside holding cell overlooking the endless chasm of the labyrinth is Gavin. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's, um, it's uh, Hellraiser 2. Oh, okay. You remember when the, yeah. when the the doctor guy slices all his skin off with a razor because he, yeah. he's imagining he's covered with like uh, cockroaches or bees yeah. or some shit? That's Hellraiser 2 is rough. Hellraiser 2 is rough, yeah. And that's even in the context of watching Hellraiser movies. Yeah. Like it's 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 rough in that it's, like, very upsetting in, 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 a, in a somewhat successful way. Yeah. Hellraiser 2 is kind of the Batman Returns of Hellraiser movies, where you're like, it's not exactly a better movie, but it's still a very cool movie that is going really hard. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, your introduction... And this striking Viking with me is Hess. <laughs> uh, that's funny. It's like um, morning show vibes. Hey, it's <laughs> RJ, the striking Viking, here for your morning commute. Sundays through Thursdays, for some reason. Uh, and we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology film. Literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console to the tabletop and beyond on a rotating basis. Each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear reader. So I do not know what Gavin is going to present. Quick reminder, check out the Ding Dang Instagram <laughs> at Oops All Monsters, just like you would imagine it would be. And before we get into uh, Gavin's subject this week, that I have genuinely no idea what it is, we are going to deviate off into the unlikely avenues of the English language that we like to call... Villainous Vocabulary. Gavin, this yeah. one is for you. It's called Gardiloo. Gardiloo. Gardiloo Ooh. is G-A-R-D-Y-L-O-O. <laughs> pretty, um, it's antiquarian. It's a medieval word. Oh, it's it was used in medieval Edinburgh, Scotland, as a warning cry when it was customary to throw slops from the windows into the streets. Ah, you would shout "Gardiloo!" Gardiloo! And that, that special Edinburgh, Scotland accent that you might have. So who knows what it actually? Gardiloo! Have you heard that thing where the like um, people Yale or like uh, Oxford or some shit like recreated the sound that a mummy would make if it could talk by like <laughs> mapping its larynx? Have you heard of this? No, no. Okay, now shit. Now I now that I said that, I'm gonna have to find it and put it in the show. <laughs> so basically, they took this mummy and they like mapped its larynx with yeah. um, you know like X-rays and shit. Yeah, they did yeah. like a, they like MRI'd it. Yeah. And then they made and then they made like a fleshy model. Yeah. Or uh, so that so that sound people could make it like make a sound. And basically it goes like they like it, it like the, <laughs> the thing is having something having the design of somebody's larynx doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't like tell you yeah. whether they sound like they're from the north of England or from London. It yeah. just, it just it just goes like like it, make, it makes like a sound like if you were if you were ejaculating and dying at the same time, like, like a sound that Brian yeah. Hossein makes in in you know in his bathroom. Did you, it's nothing. You, it's nothing worth having what, an article about. Well, have you seen what Neanderthals would it sounded like? Um, like? They did the same thing. They mapped out their lyrics, and Neanderthals sound like fucking meatwad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're always arguing with a, a weird Jersey stereotype. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the phone now. It's a me. Mario. Just take the meat birds. It's right here. <laughs> take the meat birds. Oh, okay. I don't know why I do one of this. 
Igloo. Hot dog. Now that we're done with Guardy Lou, Guardy Lou to the show, Gavin. What do you have? What do you have for us on this um, gray, gray, rainy, uh, rainy day? February. Yeah, it was a de- rainy de- February day here in West Virginia. Um, so we had be- we had better s- we had better s- slap our dicks back into our pants and play this fucking play this game. No, what, who are we? The Make this show. Crack of desire. Yeah, roll for initiative. No, I mean mm. imagine if you uh, will. I can do it. No, wait. Nope. I'm rolling. Too late. You said the magic words. Shit. I got a four. So it comes out comes out to like a seven. That's all right. This guy ain't fast. All right. Um. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna try a new trick today. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna. You won't. You won't be able to hear this trick. I maybe you will. Probably not. I'm gonna move the arm. I'm gonna podcast. Oh, I'm gonna podcast standing up today, like like Justin Hoops McElroy. Hold on, oh, standing. Man. I'm officially standing with the power of standing. All right. Yeah, it feels weird. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. So, um, yeah, get rip it. Imagine, if you will, that you have made it to the start of your career as a legend in Night City. And you have okay. finally arranged with a meet with one of the Afterlife's fixers. And truly, this is a mercenary landmark in the road to fortune and glory. This fixer... So, uh, th- yeah. This is Night, Night City, as in, this like, is- cyberpunk? As in Cyberpunk's Night City. Yeah. Okay. In, um, the It's like a real place. I forget what it is. Like, not San Bernardino. It, but yeah, it's not San Diego. It's it's yeah. it's, it's weird, miscellaneous. Um, well, they put it in a place where there is nothing. So yeah. it's a truly a fictional um, California town. But I, I didn't mean to derail you that much. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, um, but, okay, well, this is interesting, because <laughs> cyberpunk is not... Uh, to my knowledge, cyberpunk doesn't have monsters, so I'm... Yeah. My, I am... I'm strapped in. This is a... This is a stretch that we've done before. Like, uh, this would be allowable in a precedent that was set in another okay. topic. Um, this fixer, Dex, gives you a laundry list of tasks, and one of them being to go and pick up a bot that he is purchased from one of the most vicious and notorious gangs of what I consider monsters to ever stalk the streets. I almost said sprawl. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I think I'm... I think I'm... I think I'm grokking you. Yeah. Bit. Do you have an idea what this gang is? Uh, so, basically, my best guess was it was going to be a... It was going to be a cyber psycho gang of some kind, but I don't have a specific answer for you. Um, there's yeah. like there, there's a bunch of them called like the there's like the blood razors and the, <laughs> the, the like the motorcycle guns and the and the the metal tooth skulls. And I but I, yeah. I can't I can't iterate but, them all off the top of my head. This is the gang that decidedly and willingly removes their humanity. And, um, uh, like a lot of the other gangs get there and then become a gang, and this gang, um, sets it out to, like, have a goal of removing their humanity and being the most vicious before they even get augured in, in any way. And that is the, the Maelstrom gang. Maelstrom, yeah. I, am. Yeah. Um, I believe is, is Maelstrom the gang that is featured fairly prominently at the beginning of the 2077 video game? It is. And who the fuck are you to say what can and can't be? You'll pay twice because I say you'll pay twice. And they, yeah. I have not played the game, but it was really hyped in the. They were they were highly featured in the promotional materials, where yeah. they're these big, um, jacked up, mostly dudes with like um, a series of totally artificial. Yeah. Headwear, brainwear, and eyewear things where they have like these glowing, almost insectoid, hot yellow yeah. like yeah. eye nodes where their eyes would be, and there's like they have like seven of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, they're, ma- they're the maelstrom. Yeah, they're anything if not like monstrous creatures. Like Okay, yeah. So we're talking about a kind of we're talking about like a p- kind of a post human um, Yeah. S- 
hardcore cyber gang. Looking at Maelstrom, you might think, now those are some hella bold pioneers of transhumanism if they were only testing the limits of the human body on themselves. And you'd be right. But sadly, they also like to conduct their experiments on those unfortunate enough to cross their path. Maelstrom is known for their exceptionally brutal and public gang executions and combine that with illegal brain dance production and a manic fighting style, then you've got yourself with a gang as a reputation as a band of lunatics on the verge of cyberpsychosis. The truth is, there's nothing crazy about how Maelstrom operates, and at the end of the day, it's all about biz, and the more rumors there are about them, the better. For our casual listening audience who are not um, cyber geeks, we should probably contextualize what cyberpunk is as a yeah. cultural phenomenon yeah. before we get too too far down the street it, yeah spent <laughs> into the murdering and nazism yeah um the yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta ease people in you know <laughs> with like robot <laughs> robot hands and That's fancy a- guns and like what <laughs> what cyberware and like a deck is for jacking the matrix before you get into like Cyber Nazis. You have to, yeah. have to ease into cyber Nazis. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, Cyberpunk <laughs> is a role playing game, both on the tabletop and they tried to make a role playing game video game, but it ended up as an action shooter because of time constraints. <laughs> yeah, because pointing guns at things and shooting them is a much simpler mechanism in terms of game making than yeah. almost any other things. I mean, and that, and, uh, but you know that's one of the reasons pointing and shooting games are so popular. One, it's satisfying. Two, it's in a way easier to make than a lot of other things because you yeah. already have a three dimensional field that you could look around from one point and then hit things with things. But yeah, um, yeah cyberpunk is. Some of you may not know it's old as fuck. Yeah. Um, originally published in uh, nineteen. I. In 1988, I believe, is the first tabletop version of Cyberpunk 2020. Is it 88? Um, I believe it's 88. It might be earlier huh. than that. If you can correct me. Um, yeah, the first edition that. retroactively titled Cyberpunk 2013 was published in 1988. Cyberpunk 2020 was released in 1990 and gained much more success. And before we skip over it, it is um, largely the brainchild of a guy named Mike Pondsmith, who yeah, it is. is importantly a very now, thanks to the blow up of this in the um, cultural landscape in the ensuing uh, decades, yeah. a very a very sci fi influential black cyberpunk nerd. And because yeah. I'm going, I'm going to beat the drum to, for pointing out that he is a black nerd that we all owe credit to over and over again. Because as much as Gavin and I are big fans of um, Shadowrun, Shadowrun is very much a kind of just an audible play of taking ingredients from cyberpunk, taking uh, two scoops out of um, Tolkien and then mixing them all together in the kitchen sink and and yeah. and, and, and uh, fucking it all up and playing it your own way. Cyberpunk yeah. was a cyberpunk was kind of the friendster to um, <laughs> Shadowrun's like MySpace. Like, yeah, uh, if yeah. That, if that analogy plays for anybody uh, at all <laughs> under it the does. age of um, forty, cyberpunk has a a bigger system of creating who your character is. Um, because it doesn't have options like being an elf. It doesn't have options like being a mage. Like in Cyberpunk, you are just a human, so you can come up with uh, the first 25 years of this human's life. (laughs) Yeah, and like, like adjust the statistics accordingly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's something about legacy games, and I guess I'm gonna simplify that term by saying anything ma- anything created before 1997, um, yeah. where le- legacy games they seem to have this like info dump minimum 
amount of bullshit required to make it feel yeah. like there is a whole game. Yeah. So since this game did not have elves and wizards and trolls and dragons and shit, it yeah. it gave you a million different ways to articulate um, the grim dark backstory of your um, your oppressed yeah. by corporations yeah. semi robot post capitalist like death machine character yeah. and 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 why why they both looked so cool and were so um emotionally <laughs> troubled at the same time your trench coated <laughs> dystopian freedom fighter that and, fights yeah, for the freedom of soul the, <laughs> yeah and and cyberpunk as a as a role playing game system is actually is actually truly fascinating and this is yeah. not this is this is me being in to this is me being i think fairly objective about it because i only, I also only became hip to cyberpunk in the last like five years as of, thanks to the revolution of the video game, like scoop, sc- oddly scooping it up, like um, kind of like grabby claw game out of, yeah. out of ancient history and, and dropping it into, you know, the year 2019 and going like, here's the thing everybody's going to know about a little bit. And yeah. um, once when I got the book, you know what? I can fucking turn around. I have the book directly behind me. I I, 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 when I, when I got the book and I was, you know, like listening to Brian David Gilbert, the, uh, like YouTube and polygon, post polygon personality rant and rave about it. Lux spray, Pidgey Hitmonlee, Skitty Happeny, Mudbray, Lotad Durant, Superior, Gorgeist Outland, Executor, Abracedra, Nidorina, Dewat, Chestnut, Primarina, Ammonite, Dragonite, Charizard, Magnemite, Meditate, Dust Noir, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Mini, or Garbodor, Ariados, Tyranitar, Filet Meow, Meowth, Explode. And I was like, you know what? This is so close to Shadow Run, and one of the things that I don't like about Shadowrun anymore as I'm like a super modern nerd, as like an old man nerd with a receding hairline, is the kitchen sink aspect of it is like, I don't know what to pay attention to anymore. It's too much going on. Like I, <laughs> when, I was, when we were 15, I loved playing a troll detective. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the, the way you could juxtapose anything was just, just like the, 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 maximum, the maximalism of it was very yeah. satisfying where you yes, have absolutely you, are you going to be fighting zombies yeah. you're going to be fighting dragons you're going to be fighting vampires you have it, it could go anywhere and then yeah now that i'm an old man i'm just like can i just can i just kill people to end capitalism i there's too <laughs> i there's I too many questions there's too many questions yeah. in my role playing yes Shadowrun can take you from like a ghoul hunt into like a boardroom argument in like in fifteen minutes, and then you're like, "How the fuck did we get here?" Just is, oh, this yeah, is like, too yeah. this is too <laughs> blisteringly disorienting. Where I don't know whether the CEO that I'm talking to is going to just explode into a pile of worms or a zombie <laughs> dragon at any moment. Yeah. Like, there's too many variables on this system. I have two guns. One for each of you. I, I, yeah. I have enough things to stress about. And, and, and so Cyberpunk, oddly, was like this cool, calm, <laughs> light beer of a system where you're like, okay, no dragons, yeah. no zombies, no, yeah. <laughs> no sleep spells, just guns and computers, yeah. man. Like the weirdest thing yeah. you have to worry about is a guy that's 80% chrome who's going to like punch through your skull. I'm like... That's not existentially yeah. upsetting at all compared to the shit that I've been worrying about since I was like fourteen. <laughs> so, um, br- br- bring it on, cyber cyber yeah. psychosis. You turn turn it into like a weird Polish video game dildo and slide it right in, which yep. is like not exactly an in joke because the 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 game. What's the what's the studio that is now infamous? The Polish game studio Red CD Red Project Butt Games. Red. CD Projekt Butts, yes. They're now infamous for, one, fucking the game up real bad, and, like, by it being a total, like, glitch machine. Which, by the way, if you're high as balls at 1 a.m. and you're like, I have no idea what YouTube to watch, just Google cyberpunk 
2077 glitches and you will laugh for five hours. Like when <laughs> cyberpunk recorded glitches by yeah. Twitch streamers is one of the funniest fucking things in the world. It's because pretty funny. Yeah. Almost nothing is funnier in, in to watch on YouTube, honestly, than vehicles or horses glitching in a way that you did not expect. Because <laughs> it's just, it just is funny for some reason because it's so strange and upsetting. But CD Projekt Red is now famous for a couple of things. One, like, like utterly shooting the bed in terms of the actual release date in terms of quality of the game. And yeah. since then, they've gotten a little bit better to my understanding as a person who yeah. I I have not played the game. I am like actually outside of the I am outside <laughs> of the fish tank looking in. I and have two, 4, the, hours on it. The weirdly <laughs> aggressive amount of dildos that the game has yes. inside of it. Yes. <laughs> like there like is a, a penis tr- or a or a phallic image everywhere you look and that is like no a, like a truly yeah. Absurd amount of dildos just flopping around and, on every and surface. Penises. Sure, right. And I'm like, having having yeah. not played the game, my Johnny Silverhands are clean of firsthand knowledge of exactly all of all of the phalluses that are just flipping and flapping and flopping all over the just whole thing. All over the place. It's and a, I don't I don't think that that's necessarily a problem except except for the fact that it seems to be indicative of a general, how would I say, like, um, how would I say, kind of like a old school Polish male chauvinism where there's not a whole bunch of like vaginas flipping and flopping around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, like if the, and, and let me, let me take that and then turn up, make a hard left corner and say like this, you know, th- it's in, it's in a, if you, if you create the future and what you mean to say is like, because it's the future, we don't care about how many dildos there are everywhere. We're totally fight club about it. That's fine. Like that's yeah. w- step one. Step two is like, you should also embrace a futuristic like dynamism about like gender and the amount of women that are on screen and like sex workers and sex worker robots and the rights of all of these people and not just make it about a bunch of flopping robo dicks everywhere. (laughs) Does that make sense? They certainly did. There's an entire quest about it that takes like 70% of the game. Well, here's and well, here's here's a here's a here's a larger problem, which is I think that I think that what you alluded to right at the beginning, where thanks to the time crunch, the game is essentially beca- yeah. became an action shooter, as opposed yeah. to a true RPG, is yeah. is really the is really the basic failure because there is a yeah how would I say this. There is a metastructural narrative failure in creating a, an FPS as opposed to a TTRPG in the gaming space that is literally, yeah. um, it is like, it is, it is, um, like, it is a hyper masculine pursuit when you eliminate story in, in deference to just blowing stuff up with guns. And like I'm a person who literally plays blowing stuff up, like stuff blowing stuff up with guns games, like all the time. It's my main video gaming like enthusiasm. But the like removing the subtlety and complexity of storytelling, in deference of pointing big like assault cannons at shit, just is kind of indicative of the general failure that I understand about the game. But I am all, admittedly not an expert on the game, so I'm kind of talking out my ass. What, <laughs> how, did you, overall, how did you enjoy the game itself, the actual Cyberpunk 2077 game? Okay, here's the thing about it. The, the Cyberpunk game, they had to pull their shit together real fast because straight out of the game... Straight out of the fiction of the game, some CEO made a decision that said, make all this money back now. And that went uh-huh. down the chain to destroy something that people were working on. <laughs> right. Where they got and what? Like, yeah. Like, somebody who didn't even know that cyberpunk was a thing 
said, we need to make this money back that we're losing here in this quarter. And that got kicked down several chains straight to CD Projekt Red. That was like, you need to release the game this fucking year or we're done. And like, <laughs> yeah. It turns yeah. out we're all working on this one gigantic game that should take another year and a half. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And so they had to make and complete a game that was like a third of the way finished with its skeleton. Like, sure. um, <laughs> they really, they really like went balls out nuts and did a great job with what they had to do. Um, they right. made probably like a 60, 70 hour, uh, main story game, uh, starring Keanu Reeves and an idiot that you have to play. Like a lot of uh-huh. it's very disappointing, but by the end of it, like, I was moved. I was moved by the game, and games haven't done that, really. Like, Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Dead Redemption 1, um, like, uh, the Grand Theft Auto games, like, AAA games will move me if I get invested in the story, and this one certainly moved me more than any of them combined. Like, uh, okay. by the end of my first playthrough uh, with Cyberpunk, I was so excited and amped up to turn the computer on and start playing again that like I I that I created like a ritual for it. I created like schedule and I created time rather than just like turning the fucking thing on and playing it like I would any other game. So like that's that says something uh st- like st- strong if it changes if it changes my behavior and it changes my um uh, perception on the cyberpunk world at whole because I I did get into the tabletop game like uh, back in like 2012 cyberpunk started to come back um, well steampunk happened and then with that there was like a small cyberpunk resurgence and so I started getting into like the tabletop game and wondering if I would ever play this and um, I knew the story about Johnny Silverhand, and I knew the story about um, the Arasakas and how they rule the world and everything. So whenever I was playing the game and I saw uh, Yurinobu murder his father while I'm stuck inside of a pillar witnessing it, uh, it, it was like, like earth-shattering. Like, it moved me to tears. I was like, no right. shit! <laughs> like, this right. is ultimate. And um, they did a lot of good things with it. What they, what what just sadly could not be done was fleshing out the rest of it. Because there's also, like, um, this vacuum where six or seven hundred hours of side missions and other shit and exploration was supposed to go... That just is kind of like, that's just icing. Like, it's a big old cake with all this delicious icing. Because you can still go to these places. They're they're complete, except for Pacifica, which is not mapped out still. And, like, you can eat all the icing, being that you can kill all the bad guys there. But there's obviously, like, a thing there that wanted you to know the story about each and every square foot of, like, this place. (laughs) And, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's documents and and right and like uh, little things that you can find and and half of them have the story in them and half of them don't and there's like cracks right. in the wall where you were supposed to be able to punch through it and there's like a big raceway up up <laughs> up the sides of buildings where you were supposed to wall run against it but they didn't program that and like. Well- before before you give yourself a hernia in this um, <laughs> in this rant, although yeah. I am enjoying it, I you know what it, what it kind of reminds me of is, is is something else that I don't have I don't have a, a, a tangible grasp on, but that people seem to have a similar experience to, which is Fallout seventy six. Yeah, in in that there's a there's a real potential there where some of the essential ideas were really really good ideas. Yeah, and then, the map is perfect. And then, the map and then, to 76 is perfect. And then some of the execution was really phenomenal, but <laughs> it seems it seems that the, it seems that the back end, uh, in terms of like ironing things out, was really rushed and left yeah. to some like kind of some interns and some really overworked people, and um, that that both of them have or had 
potential to be like chopped and screwed into something incredibly incredibly like culturally impactful and yeah. that may continue that may or may not still happen because my understanding is do you still off and on play the like new chopped and screwed versions of Fallout 76 no i do um, not as um, a, as a as a morpeg because i know people there was a culture of people doing that some of our friends included yeah they that still happens um i had I had my character on the PlayStation and had since have since um, lost my online subscription to PlayStation things like a year well, ago. Well, so the, like the yeah. larger the, the larger point is yeah that yeah. The, I mean, are, I would are, I would be <laughs> the larger point is that there's a there's a there's a lot of parallel lines uh, between these two games. They come out you know in, in yeah. retrospect, we'll call it basically the same micro era Definitely. of gaming. And that they're pulling on a lot of the same strings where you're running around, you're blowing stuff up, but the world is surprising and engaging in a way that's very satisfying. Um, and, like, there's a potential for, you know, what Cyberpunk doesn't have is, like, a community because it's not an MMO. And yeah. uh, whenever, you know, they have tried to make so many different versions of uh, Shadowrun games and things that are not exactly licensed properties as either FPS games or MMOs or yeah. TTRPGs and yeah. some and some of them are some of them are good whether any of them are ever popular um, yeah. or successful or financially lucrative and I think whoever cracks cracks that nut like I feel I feel like there's a a husk of a vehicle there in cyberpunk where, yeah. you know, it's obviously a game that's on the decline in that it's not in the fucking news because what, what, what was, how long was that? Three, four years ago where like you just, if you, you know, if you had polygon.com or IGN on your phone or something, you could not go a day without hearing some bullshit about what was going on with cyberpunk. Yeah. That if was it, 2020. And, yeah. Um, and, it was supposed to come out this year. It was supposed to come out in 2023. Right. And my and, God, if it had, it would have been. Bleh. And well, and and here's the thing is, I think that now we're in the era where it's it's kind of sitting there and the 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 amalgam of metals has cooled off enough where somebody can be like, can we take some of these ingots and reform them into a different yeah. thing? Yo, Tumbers, it's Professor Marmalade coming at you all chrome and bloody from the women's locker room at the Coliseum in Morgantown, West Virginia. Regarding Cyberpunk 2077, the video games updates that are upcoming in 2023, I quote comicbook.com. A new version of Cyberpunk 2077 is planned to release in 2023, CD Projekt has confirmed. Although Cyberpunk 2077 launched roughly two years ago, the RPG has only really been coming into its own in the latter half of this year. This is partially thanks to the rousing success of Cyberpunk, Edgerunners and the announcement of future DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. Now, to coincide with the launch of that upcoming expansion, CD Projekt has revealed that it will be releasing a new edition of the game much like it previously did with The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Announced by CD Projekt CEO Adam Kichinsky, Game of the Year, version of Cyberpunk 2077 will release at some point in 2023. This edition of the title will arrive after the game's Phantom Liberty DLC releases. Currently, CD Projekt hasn't stated when Phantom Liberty will launch, but it is known that this will be the only major piece of DLC for the title. As such, once Phantom Liberty has become available, CD Projekt will let loose a new version of Cyberpunk 2077 that contains all post-release content in a single bundle. Unquote. So all you wage slaves, edge runners and dildo heads can ease back, slap in your brain dance chips, and wash in your immunoblockers, because these punks are about to cyber all over your face. Also, they still want you to stop having sex with Keanu. Professor Marmalade out, C-H-O-O-M-S. On a lot of levels, I actually feel bad for how much they got um, screwed by the, the CEO class of their, of their yeah. people, which, like you said, is totally apropos of working on a project yeah. about <laughs> cyberpunk is yeah. that the CEOs just fucked you with a random edict out of nowhere, and yeah. now the, all of the wage slaves have to get absolutely screwed by it for yeah. two, two years of crunch <laughs> and being raked in the media forever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. Yeah. Take it!
your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Why are, what is it about the Maelstrom gang that makes them post-human enough to yes. be monstrous and worthy of our tiny little spotlight being pointed in their direction. Well, this is what I think. I think the video game launched them into uh, into monster status. Not, like, necessarily status, but, like, being able to be considered monsters. Because in the tabletop version, the there's a picture of a Maelstrom guy, and it's just a metal head with, like, a ah. denim vest and cyber arms, and he looks really pissed off. And then you look at the video game guy, and he's got this insectoid, like arachnid eye arrangement. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, of, it is yeah. a very arachnid, um, like headwear aesthetic that they have got, they've gone for where they're, yeah. these, these glowing eyes are symmetrical and glowing in a way that seems like kind of a, um, like a Lord of the Rings giant spider coming at you through the, the gloam. Yeah. And it, it's very eerie. It is. They um, some of them have like interchangeable face plates and like in between whatever function they need to do, they just leave it off. So they look yeah. like a big half head skull face man. Yeah. And um, some of them have purposefully uh, changed, like replaced their entire heads with a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> like you do yeah yeah you know like you do which like no other gang or um or uh character in cyberpunk would do because they kind of want to uh all of humanity even though wanting to be like think even though wanting things to be progressive and convenient will not sacrifice their humanity maelstrom will yeah I mean, um, your own and, your own head is really it is a Rubicon. <laughs> yeah. It is it is a Rubicon to say like okay, up to my neck me, but above the neck it's uh it's all artificial <laughs> baby. It's totally Elon <laughs> Musk from the yeah. larynx up is um is totally Tesla property. Like yeah. wow, we wowzers yowzers. The 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 overflowing of hatred that they have for flesh goes beyond um, murder and assault and into self-mutilation and uh, abandonment of uh, their their I get empathy the the thing that the maelstrom gang is about and what makes them the villain or the the monster within the context of the cyberpunk world is their position as adopting the idea of being a cyber psycho as um, it's like, that's their, what is usually the vice of the world is a virtue yeah. to them. Right. Yes. Like the, the, yeah. pri one of the primary taboos declared about whether it's the cyberpunk role-playing game or the video game or Shadowrun or any of these games that kind of make a big fat deal out of, you could replace your parts with um, gears and pistons and AI. Well, yeah. there is a necessary and crucial taboo that ends up wrapping itself around that practice that, that relates to um, a loss of quote-unquote humanity a loss yeah. of personhood, a loss of identity by defaulting to becoming artificially uh, – becoming an artificial intelligence or becoming a totally artificial person and the negative implications of all of those things. And kind yeah. of Maelstrom is the, is the act of not like – gingerly they represent not gingerly edging up to that line but like sc screaming jumping yeah. a motorcycle <laughs> over it at 90 miles an hour like while yeah. on fire um and like puking and listening to uh, ace of spades by motorhead like the yeah. the it is the embrace of the taboo which inherently is one of the primary things that makes a an entity or a villain or a monster, the yeah. baddie in a world. Yeah. Ad additionally to this like, um, psychotic murder rage thing, the, the legitimate side of maelstrom is, um, 
uh, a nightclub that kind of profits off of this like psycho branding by by having like industrial live acts play and people show up wondering if there's going to be like a cyber psycho fight in the pit and right. um the, uh, the other corporate side to the maelstrom gang is the all foods plant which purposefully makes uh non-nutritious insect-based gross flavored food for regular people to eat because <laughs> uh-huh. um because they they hate regular people all all the maelstrom guys need to need to eat as far as i know is like robocop paste so like with right. a disdain for humanity they make bug food that's flavored with like preservatives and msg to laugh at humans <laughs> <laughs> i could there you know I can kind of enjoy that on, uh, yeah. on some. I can enjoy that on some levels. What's what now? Now that we're addressing this, um, this like meta concept, it it kind of seems to me that that although Maelstrom make a great antagonist and like super baddie within the cyberpunk context, it almost yeah. seems that there should be a couple of gangs that are like past Maelstrom and have like are truly transhumanist and are own like purely net based right that are like oh are, yeah become like that they go straight past f- like flesh bodies and chrome bodies into being yeah. like cyber cyber ghosts and just yeah, that's, just just live in the net right yeah that's like, for the most part the senior members of the voodoo boys okay right okay let's not go down yeah. a, let's let's not walk down a long voodoo boys alley but yeah voodoo <laughs> yeah, boys are kind yeah. of a a weird complex um, gang that I actually remember a lot better because I I included some Voodoo Boys in the Cyber Funk in the Dark yeah. game that we played together a couple of yeah. years ago, and so I remember I remember brushing up on the Voodoo Boys a lot, and um, yeah, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> kind yeah. of um, cy- the net as a as a weird tribal religion like mixing all of the cultural signals in the most confusing way possible. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, on purpose to be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you, if God, yeah, it, well, uh, cyber, cyberpunk just be a lot, man. Like it, it yeah. the, like one thing that you cannot accuse cyberpunk of being on any level, whether it's the TP, whether it's the original TTRPG Updated, updated versions of it, 2077, any iteration of it or even its, um, you know, offspring like Shadowrun or like kind of more modern related game. Like, see, so, you know, like the Sprawl is kind of a generic uh, 2D6 game that um, yeah. these these old legacy games, you cannot accuse them of being shallow in terms of like yeah. what, it, what is their, you know, like although cyberpunk 2077 is described as just kind of like being one source book like yeah. man they cram a it's, lot of they cram so much information <laughs> it, it's it's so dense yeah it's there's, it's, there's um, a, it's uh there's well there's shadow run there's cyberspace there's sprawl and then there's cyberpunk there's pondsmith cyberpunk and out of all of them cyberpunk for some reason got the most like gangs and like uh yeah, like, the, like yeah, fleshed out locations and well it's and, because they, it's because they they don't have zombies and vampires and dragons you true um true, essentially true, essentially true. what they have is like corporate interests and gangs and 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 yeah and edge runners okay good point, and, yeah. and and that and that's <laughs> that that's all of it right and yeah. so what they do is they make they they make that triangulation of those three bodies of of um kind of like duels yeah. of different kinds of ne'er-do-wells populate the entire world. So you need a you need a shitload of gangs and a shitload of corporations because there are no there are no orcs that are like, you know, chopping up eyeballs. Yeah. How dude. In the in the context of them being monsters, uh you know how um if you play a video game, you'll have a low-level enemy that you can kind of experiment with to see if, like, a weapon works. Uh-huh, or yeah. if this is in most open-world games and RPG games, like, where you can 
find a group of them and test out something to see how well it works. That is Maelstrom in Cyberpunk. Like, all the other gangs will kick your ass if you mess up and can't do it. But if you have something that you want to try out on, you can find a group of low-level Maelstromers and kind of, like, toy with them as if you were a cat and they were a mouse <laughs> for, like, for like 15 minutes. Yeah, um, sure. Making, making them, like, more of a monster to me, like a like a open-world video game player, than, like, anything else. <laughs> have you um have you watched any of this uh uh anime show on yes. I believe Netflix? Yes, I have. Cyberpunk? There's a lot there's a lot of really cool stuff in it and a couple of terribly annoying decisions they made <laughs> I, that really piss me off. I've I've seen a few episodes <laughs> and I was enjoying it. It's I I am I would say that I'm my disposition is kind of oriented a little bit diagonal toward Yeah anime generally yeah but I, yeah. I i was i was enjoying it you know i like for instance i wanted to get into that castlevania show and it's just like so yeah. anime-ish and, yeah. uh, and i'm like i would really like to watch cyberpunk but it's so anime-ish um yeah. like i like cowboy bebop i like one punch man but like those yeah. are really edge cases you know what i mean yeah. in terms of anime Ex absolutely i know exactly what you mean like um uh, in this, in specifically the case of Cyberpunk, they were running away from Tiger Claws, and um, the the uh, Netrunner girl says that's why we never come down to the sprawl because Corpos have the advantage on bikes, and that's just an anime line thrown in there to try and like give some context to the story, but it none of it makes sense. Yeah, like, why would the Corpos not... have advantage on bikes? The yeah, go those the aren't go Corpos. Those are gang members, and they're not. And you're in the sprawl all the time. Yeah, and they're, you're they're on bikes gangers. often, and it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> Every single word of that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crock me now, cyber slags. I'm double dipping on your psycho asses. This is Professor Marmalade coming at you thick and shiny from the Grafton Monsters secret porta potty lair in the woods outside Grafton, West Virginia. Released in 2022 with Netflix and the production company Trigger, Cyberpunk Edgerunners details the descent of an ambitious teenager fighting at the bottom of the corporate ladder to make something for his overworked mother. When the evil machinations of the system lead to her death, a chance encounter with a choice piece of high-tech military-grade experimental cyberware gives him almost unimaginable speed and reflexes, and he purloins this new advantage into a life on the streets, becoming the slack boy and bagman for a hard-hitting group of Edgerunners. As the show develops, he falls dangerously into the extremes of mental anguish, personal trauma and corporate manipulation that are endemic to the genre, ending in a surreal, high-intensity blaze of glory that is far beyond expectations. Anime fans may find the art style fresh and the world captivating, and fans of the cyberpunk genre will experience a mix of joy for their favorite references, including a brief interlude with the Maelstrom gang, but may find anime an odd fit for the material. Professor Marmalade gives it one out of two chrome and shiny cyber thumbs up. Bazinga. It feels constructed and at a, at an arm's length. I think one of the main issues is, for me, I basically cannot enjoy anything that I don't find funny on some level. Yeah. Which is why, like, yeah. I can enjoy One Punch Man, and I can enjoy I and I can enjoy um, Cowboy Bebop because they're genuinely funny sometimes, <laughs> and yeah. and it it. It crosses past the uh, language barrier between the creator and the consumer. In, yeah. de definitely in One Punch Man, where I'm like, I get, I get you, bro. You're funny regardless of whether you're like the exact words that you say are hilarious. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the, there is there's something about the like Japanese hero ethos that you know this little boy who suddenly has this like cyber rig that allows him to like punch a bunch of people to death um yeah. but has to yeah. drink a lot of energy drinks just like it doesn't it doesn't exist <laughs> it doesn't exist in the grim dark like anti-capitalists you know um yeah uh con consumerist killing machine gun there, space yeah. that <laughs> yeah. i feel that these things are that where they're supposed to live right yeah Mike Pondsmith in tw in the 2077 game, the 2020 game, the original 2013 game, 
there is such an emphasis on it's so punk like <laughs> if you, yeah. you there's it's very easy to see the two words and to just keep capitalizing and caps locking the cyber and undervaluing yeah. the punk and yeah. uh, and just seeing it as a high tech and, low life <laughs> yes and see just seeing it as an aesthetic thing of like yeah you know a, a series of straps and um cool belts with a bunch of pouches on them and dealy yeah. bops that you wear on your head and yellow spray paint on the back of your glowing leather jacket and yeah. not, and not prioritizing the fact that all of this is meant to be oriented in a like rebellion of of maximum desperation of like yeah. anger like you know anger like buckshot at the at the bottom of a sawed off 12 gauge pointed at a CEO that you're negotiating with at the 47th floor of a you know a Japanese like super skyscraper while yeah. his robot child is pleading for his life you know on on, yeah. on the edge of the screen uh, yeah and additionally while um that very scenario may also be happening in the same city because so much goes on at once <laughs> the the essential aspect of the the punkness yeah. get, like gets like we are so we're washed over in the symbolism where like we're we're washed over in the imagery where i think call Comparing it to steampunk is like a is a real insult in like and that's and that's how I experience it and unfortunately I'm hot take here I'm kind of anti steampunk because I find it to be so I find it to be incredibly shallow superficial and dumb like it, it, it seems to be an it seems to be an aesthetic without an ethos it's like a it's yes. like a yes. it's a it's a vibe without a point you know what I mean yeah. it's it's um. It's 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 a costume without a character. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. I can't think Where, of since, I can't think of one like... fucking good steampunk character. I mean, I got something to say, you know. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life that is in a good steampunk story in any piece of me. Good. Yeah, that's a good quote right there. I can't like, think yeah, of what. I, I don't understand how Victorian era means um, affluent dickhead. You know, like maybe <laughs> maybe Will Smith in the Wild Wild West. You know what I mean? Like he, like, yeah, that was before steampunk was a phrase. <laughs> right, but maybe he is the the only good yeah. steampunk hero of all time. And I don't even know that guy's name. Yeah, um, but the the, um, the point being Jim is Jim Wild. Yeah, of course it is. The, 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 the point being is that, um, you know, like my partner is going to go to Neotropolis this year in a couple of months, which is the, you know, how we, we have gone to Wasteland Weekend, which is the Mad Max event out in the desert. Well, that same yeah. unit of weirdos uh, has now invented Neotropolis, which started during the pandemic, amazingly, which is they, it's huh. the counter program. And instead of Mad Max, it's cyberpunk, same location, you know, a lot of the same people. Ah. Um, so you can totally yeah. do a cyberpunk gang or, you know, like you can co totally go out there and do it and spend a yeah. lot of your, spend a lot of your Los Angeles money, um, buying a lot of shit of like on like timu.com to outfit yourself in a glowing faux leather, yeah. like, uh, you know, killer night city costume. And that is fantastic. I'm super glad that it exists. But I, it, it, what it does is emphasize to me that you got to keep your eye on the ball about what were, what were the essential concepts in the minds of people like William yeah. Gibson and, yeah. and Mike Pondsmith when they said, also, fuck the whole system entirely to death with a future yeah. machine gun that there's, fires lasers. There's, 
It's possible right now for a majority of us to band together and do something on the internet to get rid of rich people. <laughs> and people people aren't going to do that, though. <laughs> well, yeah, no, well, I, uh, because also the, you know, the, the, the proletariat also it's a crime, doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, it's a Well, it's a crime because the proletariat doesn't own the systems of the internet that, that, that moderate whether or not you're allowed to say that, whether that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, true. You know what I mean? It, 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 if somebody rich may have famously bought the primary um, speaking platform on the internet in the last like year, well, I'm not so talking long. about annoying them. I mean putting them in the in the in the dirt financially. <laughs> oh, financially. Okay. So you, what you're not what you're not doing is making news that your official stance is that we should um, murder all of the billionaires that own all of the social media no, networks. Don't okay. don't cancel you them. Do. Don't murder them. Just hack their money. I interesting. Yes. Um in yeah, in in insert insert hack the planet dot dot gif right here. Um yeah, you can you can do it with a simple thing just by like logging in and out and not buying anything. That'll yeah. blow their minds. <laughs> the great Oz has spoken. Are there any notable individuals of the Maelstrom gang that we should note from the oh, video game? Oh, absolutely. Beyond? Who is the most egregious um, um, gang leader or enforcer? Or who would who would be? You know, what, while you while you're thinking of that, let me read this one part. It's um, from cyberpunk.fandom.com/wiki. Uh, rumors say that the gang is involved in the production of black market brain dance records, which is kind of like a yeah. better than life um, insert directly into your mind hallucination chip, especially yeah. bizarre, disturbing and extremely violent ones. Other records, um, other records they are rumored to produce are called numbness an emotional void yeah. that places users in a strange state of mind, which are quite popular among overstimulated brain dance users. Despite these rumors, the Night City Police Department has found no evidence to prove the Maelstrom are involved in the brain dance market. Um, which... There is a mission that proves that they are. Of course <laughs> there is, because why would you <laughs> say that like that? If You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> rumor, rumors indicate that I don't have a really nice penis. Like, oh, that's all weird. <laughs> why? Why? Why would you say that that way? <laughs> um, but a particularly vicious and uh, diabolical Maelstrom gang member, I would put Ophelia Serwain or Patricia at the top of it. Patricia? Patricia. Yeah. Okay, talk to me about Patricia, because I thought this episode was over, but now this episode is just beginning. Tell me about <laughs> Patricia. Patricia is kind of like the uh, shadow controller of the entire gang that sits behind either Brick or Royce, who are the giant Borg beast men that control the gang with the ferocity and murderous streak that has yet to be rivaled except by Brick or Royce, depending on whichever one comes out on top in your game in your game playthrough. Okay. But um the woman behind that person and all of them is Patricia, who makes all of the corporate decisions for the All Foods uh, food chain. And all of the musical decisions and, like, concert bookings decisions at the Totentaz dance hall. So, like, it, it's all because of her cold, calm, calculated sense of um, dehumanizing business that makes her the most vicious. Because she damn well knows what the Maelstrom gang is and what they do. And isn't, like, afraid of it, and is able to use it, and is able to come up with new things to introduce to people who are so callous and destroyed with, with insanity that, it, like, like things like uh, snuff brain dances. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and you, in describing her, you used a phrase that I think actually, like, hammers the crux on the head when it comes to the maelstrom. Because I intimated earlier that, you know, it kind of, you know, in a way that the Maelstrom are kind of a half measure in that, you know, if you were really, if you were a gang that was really truly into the um, transhumanist project, then you would just like totally yeah. skip over meat bodies and chrome bodies entirely and go directly into the net, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and um, oddly, the, one of the, 
ways in which the Maelstrom really represent the villain or the monster of this world is that they are, and the phrase you used was dehumanizing capitalism or dehumanizing business in the sense that they have placed themselves at the, at the corner of dehumanizing and profitable where they are, they have said that we have gone so hard on both of these priorities that no one else can outmaneuver us in this corner. And all we have to do is stay as hard in this corner as we can imagine. And no one will be able to defeat us. And in a way that in a way, you know, if, you know, I was watching, um, uh, uh, I was watching a well, not Dimension Twenty, but a, I was watching a Dimension Twenty piece with Matt Mercer and Brennan Lee Mulligan, two of the like Uber GMs of the the world in this uh, in this era, and they were talking about <laughs> world building and and you know uh, fantasy world building and just world building in games in general, and they were really geeking out about the tangible aspects of how you make a world have logical internal sense. And one of the best yeah. things about some of these legacy games, but particularly cyberpunk is the world does have a tangible sense that the, the motives of greed and capitalistic desperation and the fears of losing humanity of uh, losing control, of becoming like a um, an, an absolute nobody or a wage slave or one of these like total bottom rung characters, those combine into a world that really does have an internal logic for characters in it, regardless of what kind of character you decide to play. So that the maelstrom yeah. actually makes sense in a world that is that is worried about dehumanization by both um, AI, chromification, cyberification, and by the capitalist machine, where they end up embodying the capitalist machine themselves in like one actual (laughs) quote-unquote body. Maelstrom actually is the capitalist machine in the sense that they have (laughs) they have no morals, they have no they have no like ethical stance. They just are opportunity yeah. itself with laser eyes and guns personified. So <laughs> bam, cut, print, nice. shout, cut, uh, print, maelstrom. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Well, this is going to, I'm going to have a fun time making this episode. What a weird name for a, a, a club that to, Totentaz. To, how the fuck yeah. do you say that? Totan uh, pants. Uh, Keanu Reeves says take it up, once taking off my in, pants in the, the game, and he says it wrong. Well, yeah, to- tone pants. <laughs> are you? Th- are you? Th- aren't you thinking about that back? Like, aren't you thinking about that? Like, contrary wise, isn't it? Like, however, Keanu Reeves says it is the right way to say it now. <laughs> I mean, in terms of yeah, like tote tans, tote tans, well, all right, back to the tote tans. It's it's somehow harder to say than Club Penumbra, so what the fuck? All right, it's yeah, totten, uh, tans or dance macabre is a general allegory from late Middle Ages of the universality of death. Probably some German bullshit. Oh. of course it's German bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Gavin, I have to ask you: Is our subject today the Maelstrom Gang from Cyberpunk? Uh, various. Are they? Are they? Are they? Is it? Is it? Is 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 it? Bitchin van art. Bitchin van art. Bitchin van art. It would have um, to be on uh, a van from the cyberpunk universe, but yeah. I think they are bitchin um, van art though. They're bitchin. Yeah, their logo. They have a logo that is one of their heads. It's like, like a weird the cyber arachnid face. Yeah. 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 Scary as fuck. The whole thing, like, yeah. on, on there. So the the Maelstrom gang, I will say, they really succeed at crossing the cyber and the punk in the sense that yeah, the, it, yeah it, in in this video game iteration where the 
something very good that the designers and artists at CD Projekt Red have done is design these scary fucking like like robot <laughs> cyborg eye freakazoid dudes. Yeah, and that that visual aesthetic symbolizes a thing that's genuinely fucking upsetting, and yeah. because of that. They re- they really do get the at the crux of the matter, and therefore they are actually bitching. You know, like it's yeah. cool to look at, and it's an upsetting idea. So, um, ta-da! Yeah. It's, it is bitching ban art. It All is right. bitching ban art. Yeah, that's a fucking easy one. No <laughs> contrary, no contrary um, opinions here about that. All right, um, and that brings us to the end. Uh, nah, oh, fuck me. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support <laughs> so us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review or the top review that you can give us on whatever format that you listen to us on, that really does help us. Please do that. Thank you very much. Um, Gavin Longshanks, just type that into Google and find my uh, YouTube channel or my Twitch stream. Slap up your Google. Gavin laughs because I flub lines and he weirdly doesn't. Uh, <laughs> instead of flubbing lines, Gavin just says insane shit, and it's it, yeah. it's a, like a it's a six of one, <laughs> half a dozen of the, half a dozen of the other, where I actually stumble over scripted lines that I have, and weirdly he does not. Um, share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for the images that go along with each, with each episode. See? Case in point. And that is, of course, um, Oops All Monsters at Instagram. And comment on the Instagram. Engage that Instagram. Oh, there. I did it. <clears throat> Email contagious. us stories or monster suggestions. Um, the email address to give us any stories, role-playing game stories are appreciated, um, is oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. Oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. I'm going to gonna roll to, sh- sh- to kick this maelstrom in the head with my boot. I'm a- <laughs> I, gotta, I haven't come up with my characters. Let's see. Another six, seven. God, I'm, these dice, these six-sided suck. If I was playing Shadow, I'd be dead. I rolled... Three ones again and one six. Okay, remind me to not play any Shadowrun anytime soon. And if you want to toss a coin into the Pleasure Fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.com/oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com/oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube's The Darling on YouTube at the Darling Kathleen's, and I have noticed that they have been doing, again, um, live events in the Los Angeles area, so if you are, for some reason, one of my Los Angeles people, you can go see the, the Darling Kathleen's live. Anyway, yeah. with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. And this has and been... Uh, oops. Oops all... All faceplate. Oops all... Yeah, motorcycle... Motorcycle machine guns. <laughs> Oops, all motorcycle, machine gun, arachnid faceplates. I'm really glad we didn't accidentally start talking about Street Samurai. We can pat ourselves on the back about that. Yeah, we, did, we didn't say Street Samurai until the last second Don't. possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wake up, Street Samurai. You got a job to do. Wow, now, now. Cyberpunk.